Hey listeners, welcome to Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today we have a Vietnamese Australian on. It's not me though, maybe next time. Nina's is your host, and please, enjoy the episode. Pass the Poutine. Pass the Poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. Pass the Poutine. Okay, hi everyone, it is Nina. Welcome to Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today we have a super special guest because she is Vietnamese Australian. Please introduce yourself. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Sabelle. Hi Sabelle. So you are from Australia, but you're in Vancouver now. Yep. How? What, what's the story? How did you get here? I have been in Vancouver for four and a half years now. I decided to come to Vancouver because I just wanted to change. So I didn't want to work at the company that I was at, at my in my hometown anymore. I'm from Sydney in Australia. Um, and I was like, my options are I either get a new job or mm-hmm. I move overseas. <laughs> and so I decided that I've always wanted to live and work overseas. Just um, put in the paperwork and then I was in Vancouver f- like four months later. So it was that easy? Yeah, because Australia and Canada are both part of the Commonwealth. Oh, we love um, the Queen. Oh, yeah. We love the Queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to go somewhere where, you know, I don't know a lot of people and, and to really like make it my sink or swim moment. And so I chose Canada because of that reason. And I chose Vancouver because it's the warmest city. <laughs> <laughs> That is correct, um, yes. Because I have relatives in Montreal and I've been there oh. in like January and there was absolutely it's a nightmare. no way as an Australian <laughs> I could survive in like minus 30 degree weather or it, whatever. You know. <laughs> so Vancouver because it was the warmest um, and I had been here once before and I thought, hey, it's a, like a pretty cool city. So, yeah. Awesome. You know, um, my... My parents were refugees, and then they they came to Canada. And the reason I was actually born in Quebec. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So cool. uh, when they were in Hong Kong, the I think the UN like kind of let you pick where in the world you wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. And what I heard was at that time, my dad got in a fight with his younger brother, who was also in the refugee camp. I guess like my dad's super petty <laughs> so because my uncle was like we're gonna go to Vancouver my dad was like nope we're gonna go to Quebec <laughs> right wow. so then we went to Quebec I was born in Quebec and then I think after like a year and a bit my family was like fuck this it is too cold because they just came from Vietnam and then Hong <laughs> Kong and then my dad thought it was a great idea to move to Quebec snow up to your knees mm-hmm. and then so I grew up in Vancouver from like age two onwards great decision i thank my family yeah for making it right so hilarious that you mentioned that because my dad's entire family he has eight brothers and sisters and they all live in montreal all of them them. were were they refugees as well yes okay actually his oldest brother came over here to study and sponsored my grandparents over and then the rest of his family followed after the war but um, my mum and dad ended up in a refugee camp in Malaysia and they asked him where oh. he wanted to go. And it's so funny that you just told that story because yeah. at the time, my mum and one of his sisters really didn't get along with each other. Oh, no. And my mum was like, you choose Canada or you choose me. <laughs> so he chose her and he moved to Australia. What? So we literally the only he's the only sibling in his family that doesn't live in Quebec oh my Um, gosh but yeah I've been like visiting there every like three four years ever since I was a baby so so you know Montreal like yeah like I mean whenever we go we just stay with family classic right Mm -hmm. but um since moving here it's really nice that I've 
being able to be closer to them and then actually go to the city and like explore it rather than just stay at my aunt's house right right that's you know um i have two cousins in australia and i think the reason they're in australia is because like my dad i think my dad doesn't get along with any of his siblings he's he's the firstborn, right so he's he's all that like i'm the best you have to listen to me right i think he also got in a fight with his younger sister which is why my aunt is in australia which is why i have two there cousins in australia like classic so drama. petty why are Vietnamese <laughs> people so petty i don't know I, I think they kind of secretly love the drama though you know they're they There's love the drama yeah, yeah i don't know that's that's crazy. <laughs> I wanted to ask about your name. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get your name? That's that I've never yeah. heard that name before. It's a really weird name. The story that I'm told about my mm-hmm. my name, Sabelle, is it's actually from a French movie called Sundays and Sabelle, translated oh. into English. Um, and it's like a black and white movie about like the war. I can't even remember which war, maybe World War One or something. And it's about a soldier who like befriends this little girl and. Anyway, it ends very tragically. I've never seen it before. <laughs> Are you um, the little girl? Yeah, okay. the little girl's name is Sabelle. And the rumor is that my dad watched the movie maybe like two weeks before I was born and decided that that's what he wanted to call me. Um, so romantic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pretty cool. Like, my parents originally wanted to call me Jacaranda, which is. Jacaranda? I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like a purple flower. Um, like tree oh that grows a ton in Australia is beautiful but I'm like that is a hideous name it's a terrible name it's a terrible name I thought it was the name and of the, like an animal right <laughs> and the only reason that they didn't call me that not not because they realised how stupid it was <laughs> but it was because my mum didn't want people to shorten it to Jack which is a boy's name <laughs> and Jack they decided is, Jack to go with okay. Sabelle and I was like okay cool regardless I'm grateful that you did not call me that Jack- Jacaranda yeah so Sabelle is from a, uh, a French film <laughs> Jacaranda is the ugliest flower's name I've ever heard in my life it is such a pretty flower it is a hideous name for a human being <laughs> if you're listening to this please don't call your oh, child yeah, that yeah. yeah and if anyone is named that yeah, I mean, no offense. <laughs> Ask, tell your parents, change, change it. Why? I don't... Yeah. Jackie oh, or something. Jackie, I don't know. right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, Jacqueline. Like a normal... Right. Like a normal name. Anyway, yeah. That's, that's so weird. You came, you came to Canada without I, knowing... Like, cold. You're like, a gangster. Just, yeah. That's the Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah. Well, my Vietnamese mother and father were like, <laughs> you have lost your damn mind and you are going to bring great shame to our family because you are unemployed and gallivanting across the world for exactly, no reason. Exactly. We, we escaped um, so you could we could give you a better life and now you're trying to make it harder for yourself. Totally. Right. So um, when I got here though, uh, maybe two months after I arrived, I actually got a job producing at Lululemon. Cool. And at the time I had no idea what Lululemon was. Oh, um, you had no idea. Yeah, I know Lululemon. Clue. I was like, oh, like I looked on the website and I was like, I guess they yeah, sell it's clothes or whatever. Um, you didn't and know then the... I spoke to my cousins in Montreal oh. and they were like, what? <gasps> yeah. And then I realized it's like the mecca of all Vancouver companies, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you so, think yeah. Lululemon, right. you're like, wow, yeah. that is like a pair of yoga pants are like what 130 dollars Canadian yeah, yeah exactly crazy so, um yeah and so I I produced there for like maybe four years and and I'm still there now but in a slightly different capacity okay cool that wow produce a Vietnamese Australian producer <laughs> yeah I mean like media is something I've always been really interested in and um 
I've done like lots of work experience when I was at uni. Um, I was in Houston in Texas for a couple of months because a family friend owns a Vietnamese radio station there and they were actually... In um, Texas? Yeah, in Texas. And um, they were starting to explore what it would look like to appeal to a younger demographic and do shows in both Vietnamese and English. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like interned there for a little bit and um, we had... Um, we have like a Vietnamese radio station back home in Australia that I was at for a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun and like media has, has always been a, a big interest of mine. So Your parents like let you go into media, like the creative arts? Uh, it's, it's really hilarious because I have two sisters and all three of us are creatives. No. So, yeah, okay, so. What <laughs> so happened? Just... <laughs> so there are no boys and all of no you guys boys. are artists. Yeah, so. <laughs> Let me just lay it out for you. My dad is a doctor. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Oh, doctor. he's what? nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, but my mum is a musician. So she oh. has played the piano since she was like two. Um, and as a result, I've been playing music since I was like two. But she grew up as a, as a concert pianist. And... Uh, yeah, basically when my parents, they were refugees to Australia and they did something very rare in that they both went back to school. So my dad- In was Australia? Actually, in Australia. Wow. Yeah. So my dad was actually the first Vietnamese refugee to get a university degree in it, Australia. In Australia? Like in, in the history of us? In no. the whole country. There's a newspaper article with what? my mom and dad in it. Yeah, it's super cute. That's um, crazy. Yeah, so he got his medical degree and then she went and got her- um, degree from the Conservatorium of Music in Sydney, um, so it's it's like truly amazing. I was gonna what say the two of them have achieved. This is not a normal Vietnamese refugee story. Right. So your parents didn't like grow weed in Australia. <laughs> they didn't like open a restaurant or like what? you know like a dry cleaners or whatever. Like they didn't go into the service industry, which there's nothing wrong. Right, with, right, right. Of right? course, yeah. Um, but like they put in so much hard work and like. You know, it's your it's, dad's a doctor in Australia. It's insane because you know, like the stories about my mum. She played piano for a ballet school for their rehearsals oh and my then cleaned gosh. toilets at the hospital that my dad was um, working in, so she could spend time with him. Like, you know, they were living in. They had an Australian family that was kind of helping them out, and they lived in this like tiny little shed out the back. And then they had money to, you know, get their own apartment and. It's just like their story is so amazing. But the reality was, too, that my dad worked a ton when we were little, mm -hmm. uh, me and my sisters. So we spent a lot of time at home with my mom, who was a very creative person as a musician. Wow. And so we did a lot of like story writing and drawing and whatever. So my middle sister is now a writer and, you know, and, uh, and she like, yeah, she writes a ton of articles and she's working mm -hmm. on a book and stuff right now. And then. My younger sister is a, a. She actually did a degree in visual arts, but then nice. went on to do another course in graphic design. So she's a graphic designer now. So we're all very creative. Yeah. You, you're a hundred percent Vietnamese, mm -hmm. but you totally look mixed. <laughs> so like, I know this is a podcast, Thank so no you. one, no one can see what you so look like. Much. You, like, when I first saw you, I was like, you have to be. I got scammed, right? I was like, you are half white. Oh you told gosh, me you're be Australian. Literally the ultimate compliment. Like, every time someone's like, oh, are you like half? I would be like, oh my God. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for saying that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I like. I also heard there was this thing. I found that Asians who were raised with mostly white people, they kind of look more white, or they look a bit mixed. Really? Did you grow up in a very white area in Australia? Yeah. So um, oh. by the time, I mean, my parents moved around a little bit, mm-hmm. but by the time I was around six or seven, mm-hmm. we had moved into an, a neighborhood that they're still living in now. So thirty years onwards, and it was a, a back then. It was. A, like predominantly white neighborhoods so at school I was like I could probably count the Asian people on one hand oh my gosh grade or whatever funnily enough I think growing up I had this strange affiliation with what being Asian or being Vietnamese kind of meant yeah because everyone around me was white and you know there are parts of Australia that are still very like Racist. Oh, racist. Okay. Um, No, racist in like the most well-meaning way, but just Mm -hmm. from like an ignorant standpoint and like Mm -hmm. 20, 20, 25 odd years ago, Mm -hmm. I didn't know any better. Yeah. Like my dad worked in a Vietnamese suburb, like a a Vietnamese area, but that was like like 40 minute drive from where we lived. Yeah. And so me and my sisters all grew up with like very white friends doing like you know like white people not things. Asian things <laughs> and it was like you know every now and again we'd go to the Asian area with my mom and, and everyone's like you know, who are these it, mixed kids yeah <laughs> and like we'd just be like oh like it's so Asian like everyone here like mm. Asian food right and, like, right like, their accent sounds a little bit different and, you know all this kind of stuff so my identity with being Vietnamese I think um was very different back then and it didn't it didn't switch until I got to university really so so what what was it like growing up Vietnamese Australian like in Australia because I growing up here I grew up in East Van where everyone was Asian and then I didn't realize I was Asian until I moved to a place where everyone was white but for you that was kind of it was like that since you were six yeah Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think for me, it was always the acknowledgement that yes, my mum and dad were refugees, they were yes. immigrants, there was a huge population in Sydney that was the same as them, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't have exposure to any of those people right. regularly. So my dad still is, um, but back then was a huge part of the Vietnamese Australian community. Like he was on oh, wow. like the committee and all this kind of stuff. So we would go to events all the time in the Vietnamese suburbs. You know, and like I said, we'd go shopping every now and again with my mom. But it's it because we didn't live it every day. It was like a diff, a diff, almost like a different cultural experience, even though it's the culture that we came from. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but so I think for me, growing up when I was little, it was just like, oh, I'm definitely part of the minority looks wise. Right, right. And it was like I need to prove to people that I'm not. So we had a term in Australia. I don't know if you guys oh, used it, it here. It's like fob, like fresh off the oh, boat. Oh, we use that word all the time. Oh my gosh. All the time. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I need to make I'm sure not people a fob. know that I'm not a fob, right? <laughs> it's um, like, so- I don't speak English with an accent. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, I don't hang out with like tons of other Asians. You exaggerate your Australian accent. Yeah, <laughs> and so like the moment I meet someone, I have to say like, hi, how are you? Like really articulated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so that they know, you know, and it was just... Yeah, it was like a, this weird thing where I was like, kind you had of to prove your prove yourself. Yeah, and I was like also kind of ashamed to be like, oh my gosh, like not all my friends are Asian, and like I don't yeah. have, I don't do Asian things all the time. Right. So it was this odd like, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I didn't want to affiliate myself with... With Asian. Yeah, like the Asian cultural, like right. Vietnamese or whatever. It was like, yeah, I have a Vietnamese background, but I'm Australian. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I think that's such a common thing with um, Asians that grow up in the West, right? Even in Europe and like England and things like that. It's just, I feel like we, because we look Asian, but we feel really white on the inside. Mm-hmm. But then... I feel like when we go out, people don't see that or recognize. Right. They don't. They don't see our inside. They don't see our whiteness, right? They don't yeah. see the. I'm they, like, I'm a banana, but you don't know. <laughs> like, unless you peel that skin back, exactly. you don't know I'm white on the inside. And exactly. I was like so desperate for people to see it. Yeah, please, please. I'm. I'm not a fob. I'm very white. Yeah. I love pizza. Yeah, I love like, pizza totally. so much. Yeah. yeah. Wow, because I, I I thought you were I thought you grew up in a very Asian populated area because I know Australia has a lot of Asians and when oh, you yeah. said Sydney I was like mm-hmm. that's that has, yeah that, yeah all the Asians yeah I mean like we're so close to Asia too right right so, yeah there is a ton of Asian people in Australia and the Vietnamese population is particularly is huge I think it's the it's the biggest outside of Vietnam, maybe. Is maybe, it? Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't Possibly. know. Possibly. It yeah. is really big. It's huge. Um, <laughs> Do you feel like you fully embraced your Viet Australian identity? or? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think there's so many parts of being Viet that I love, and I don't feel shame about it. Mm-hmm. Like... I eat so much weird food <laughs> and I like, like legit like in in Vancouver now still? yeah I mean it's hard being like here because I don't a get to speak Vietnamese as much right, b, right. you know I don't have a car so yeah you know, I can't get down to Kingsway all the time Kingsway is the Viet street in Vancouver know, yeah exactly so <laughs> that I miss but it's like I um I still like try and make certain things that my mum used to make. What like, what kind of dishes? Oh my god! Um, I I made pho the other day. Ooh, um, I in love my pho. instant pot. It is what? actually <laughs> really easy. An instant pot is like a the, I don't know if you, yeah, the, yeah the like cro- the all in one thing. Crock pot. Etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, I looked up a recipe online, and I was because I thought to myself, <laughs> like, whenever I thought about pho, I thought about my mum like with boiling a giant it. pot yeah. outside in our back garden, and for it's like it's going on for a couple days, exactly, yeah. like hours and hours. You're and like, when like, is it done? She's like, wait another week, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, there's no way I can do that in an apartment. Right, I'm gonna burn the place down. It's gonna smell like bones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But instant pot solves all of those problems and it legit tasted like fur yeah please sponsor us instant pot yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah sponsor this podcast all of the money (laughs) yeah um yeah and so that i was like super proud of myself there i made tikka which stank so bad because there's a lot of fish sauce in that 100 percent. yeah um but again like so delicious so good and it's just like nostalgic too like being far away from my family is hard and it's like when i make stuff like that it's like Oh, I just like think back on you know when Mum would make it. For oh my me gosh! So um, yeah. What else do I? I, I feel like Tiet Hoan Pho is is very northern Vietnamese food. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But you said your mum was making this, so I guess she cooked more like northern food She's at home. A good wife and feeds her husband. <laughs> exactly. North, exactly. So. That's what it sounds yeah. like. What are some common stereotypes that Australians have about Canada Mm. and what have you found to be true and false since living here? Right. Um, I 
think the classic Canadian stereotype is that they're like super nice and very apologetic that no matter is, what. Yeah, is that true? I think it's like it's generally true. Yeah. Okay. I think like there's a lot of sorries that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually sorry. Sorry. It's sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the A thing is real. Very real. Um, yeah. And uh, what else? I don't know. I think, like, the weird thing for me, though, definitely, is I didn't really expect Vancouver to be so small and, like, yes. oddly isolating. So it's like, Ooh. I think people are super nice. Yes. But, like, a bit at an arm's length. You know what? I actually wrote that down. So um, a lot of people say like Vancouver is very multicultural and when you hear the word multicultural it it kind of implies that we're like very accepting right but if you're actually in Vancouver a lot of Vancouver people like born and raised they don't have friends outside of their high school group right they they and then when I meet foreigners who move to Vancouver transplants they don't have friends that are not other transplants or expats so so what has your experience been with that yeah um, I think for me, so I spoke to a girl about it once and the way that she put it, I thought was genius. She's like, people in Vancouver will invite you over to dinner, but they won't tell you where they live. So it's like, <laughs> Wait, they're what? like so nice. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, you should totally come over for dinner. But like, they'll never give you details of like when or where <laughs> or like, you know, like the flaky thing. I literally so wrote down the word flaky. Yeah. Vancouver people are so flaky, but, yeah. but I've only lived in Vancouver and then I lived in Asia. So it's, it's quite different. But in Australia, are people as flaky as Vancouver? No. Vancouver people are so yeah. flaky. It was something that took me a long time to really get used to. It's so, it's, it's drives me crazy. Yeah. Like back home, if I'm like, Hey, like, let's go to dinner. And it's like, okay, great. Let's pick a day. Like next Tuesday. Right. I'm putting it in my calendar and it's not moving from there. And I'm not booking anything else from there. But I feel like with Vancouver, you get to Tuesday and it's like, great. Like, like, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I have like my aunties coming over for dinner or something. I was like, like, well, hang on a second. We talked about this like last week. Right, right. And if you had to have your auntie over for dinner, that's fine. But then... Why couldn't you give me more notice? Well, and also my assumption is when you book her in, you go, hey, I had plans on Tuesday, so Mm, I'm going to tell you. But I think with Vancouver, it's this weird... Vancouverites have this weird thing of like, I just want to see what the best option is. So I want to keep all options open. Oh my open. gosh, that is so, so it's true. Like, hey, do you want to like We're go terrible out? Like, people. Maybe. <laughs> yes. You know, when yeah. it's just like, you know, an hour before, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, work's been like, so, <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, it's, it's, it's... made me a bit paranoid because I have this like huge fear of rejection of like, is it a thing? Is it not a thing? You're, like, you're never allowed to feel comfortable in Vancouver. Right? right? Never. It's like dating. It's just like, are we okay? Are we not? I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh it's very real. Yeah. Yeah. People here, I would say Vancouver people are quite unreliable. Um, I think only with their like high school friends when you yeah. set like a, a time and a date, they'll they'll fall through like they'll actually do it. Right. But with a stranger, yeah, it's just totally like, Oh my god, I love you so much. We should totally hang out. Let's go running, Boy. let's do yoga let's and do you text everything. You we te- should catch up. Yeah, we should catch up. Yes. And you're like, Yeah, we should and then <laughs> They're like, okay, bye. <laughs> I have and to go. Nothing. <laughs> and then nothing. Yeah. yeah. Radio silence. So a lot of my close friends here, exactly to your point before, are expats. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. they they just don't follow that same culture. Like I can rely on them. To right. Avoid. And right. yeah, like there is a history part to. So my partner, um, 
moved here with his family when he was 12 from Ontario. Oh. And so he grew up in Vancouver. But it's the it's same for him where it's like his friends that he has history with, he'll see. But it also has to be like scheduled and they don't see each other very often. Exactly. Like, it's just this weird thing. I don't know how to compare it because I don't know like other Western yeah. cities and places, but I feel like people here aren't very close. Like even with their high school friends, I feel like they're not very close with their high school friends either. Really? So in Australia, like so what with- do you guys do? Where did that come from? Like what do you spend all day doing then if you don't? I don't know. I have, like for for me personally, I spend a lot of time alone. Um, but but I really like it. But I'm also the person where I I follow through with my plans. Mm-hmm. So when people don't. Uh, follow through like when they, when we make uh, an appointment <sighs> appointment we don't say the word I lived in Korea and that's how they say like hang out right they're like let's make an appointment right um, how do we what I can't even speak English anymore okay it's when I schedule like a, a hangout a plan yeah, okay a plan. a plan why is yeah. it so hard okay yes when I make a plan with someone I always follow through but if they don't follow through then I'm like you're dead to me <laughs> But it's like it gets to a point too, though. Like after a couple of times, you're yeah. like, "Cool, like this is awkward now." Like if you don't want to hang out, we don't have to like do we this don't have weird to be dance friends. anymore exactly. Right? But like you've literally canceled on me three times in a row, and like what am I supposed to read into this? Right? Exactly. Because so to me, I think yeah. for me, that's the challenge of mm-hmm. like cool like if you want to hang out we can hang out if you don't we don't have to but you don't have to tell me that you want to see me and then I've been here for a little while now so I have to be very aware when I start to kind of like fall into into... that category too right sometimes I'm like ooh, I like don't know if I want to do this and it's like no you made a plan you promised this person like you know, it's an integrity thing. It's. I, mean, a, I was just going to use the word integrity. Yeah, because I feel like people here just don't have a lot of integrity and they don't they don't care. So whenever, before when I would make plans with someone and they're like, hey, what what are you doing on this day? And I'd be like, well, I have plans with this, but I don't know if it's going to fall through. Like, I would literally always have to be like, I don't know if it's going to happen right. because people are so flaky. <laughs> God, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I apologize to all the foreigners and expats. Hey. When you came here, you were single, mm-hmm. so you started dating in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. What was that like, and how is it oh different from God. dating in Australia? <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, I was online dating in Sydney, mm-hmm. where I'm from for years. Like, what, what are your popular so... apps in, in Australia? Um, oh, my God. Back then, it was like OkCupid and Plenty of Fish. Mm-hmm. Tinder was So the same ones, I guess. Yeah, yeah totally. Okay. And I thought, okay, great. Like this city is a dud. I'm going to move somewhere else. Right. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so much better. Vancouver yeah. was just as bad. Like, <laughs> it was just as bad. It was so <laughs> difficult to meet people. And with the whole flakiness oh my thing that I didn't know about, I yeah. was like, holy moly, I've made some, like, poor life choices <laughs> in that, like, you know, men in Sydney were rubbish. Men in Vancouver were rubbish. Mm-hmm. Cost of living in Sydney, cost of living in Vancouver, <laughs> yep. like skyrocket. So I was just like, what am I doing? Um, and yeah, I uh, I was on Bumble here. Yes, Bumble's um, really popular. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like went on dates, la la la. Wait, would you put in your bio that you were from Australia? I would mention something okay, about okay. being Australian, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
again like just to make sure people like <laughs> knew- okay so there's the whole yellow fever thing no. let's not pretend oh, that let- it doesn't exist this right? is my favorite topic yeah <laughs> so again i'm like hey if you're like into the type that doesn't really understand what you're saying and like whatever it ain't me right cause... swipe left yeah, yeah swipe left I'm right now sarcastic <laughs> i will call you out on your bs like yeah. this is not that thing I... so um yeah and then i don't know i dated for a long like online dated for a long time and it just didn't get me anywhere it's so exhausting it's it the so it's tiring. the worst it's so tiring and then here obviously being like in the winter with it so cold oh my like, god i can't be bothered right you know like to meet the stranger and, yeah like, going out into the freezing cold mm-hmm. and blah 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 um so i don't know like i did it for a couple of years and then i decided i didn't want to do it anymore because it was just too tiring and it didn't result in anything um was it very like your experience in vancouver did you find that because i'm guessing were you looking for like a serious partner at the time or just like yeah yeah uh, at the beginning it at was the like beginning. just getting just to just know meet people. people yeah yeah but then course. eventually i was like yeah like you know i'm getting like i'm into my 30s now mm. and like i want to meet somebody that i can like start a family with like blah blah of course, blah yeah so that was hard to like weed out the people because because vancouver i feel like has a lot of it's like hookup culture is very strong here is, is that correct it's like actually really superficial i think this city vancouver is. so talk shit about vancouver all the time i it's my favorite thing i love talking shit about vancouver because because i feel like we need to we need to stop being so shitty because we're gonna be the next la and i right. don't i don't like it i don't want to be <laughs> LA. That's fair. Yeah, LA without the sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Then it's just terrible. It's just all terrible. It's true. I think, like, I mean, hilariously working for an athletic brand, it's like the Mm -hmm. amount of gyms and, like, there is a workout option for you here every half block. Yep. Yep. So, um, I I think think we we created the the name Athleisure, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it was getting to a point where I was like, I'm just not meeting the people I want to meet. Yeah. Um, and I just like got into a bit of a dark place with it. Um, so actually a couple of years ago, I, um, I like got off all of the apps. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, deactivated all of them. And I was like, I'm just going to focus on like who I am and like what I'm doing eat pray love it's like so cliche but legit though and I won't go into like the full blown story because it's such a long story but I'm here I'm ready (laughs) I'm ready it essentially resulted in me like really truly acknowledging that I like who I am Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter whatever anyone else thinks and I'm totally okay with being by myself um, because like I know I'm awesome, so if right. I can't meet somebody who is agrees on, with me, well, on your level, yeah, yeah, then like whatever, right? Yeah, it's like um, I would go out on these dates; they would go really well, and then I wouldn't hear from him or like whatever. And I like guys would you wouldn't hear from guys? Oh yeah, you're a, a total babe. Like that? Hey. No, that doesn't yeah. make it. That's crazy. But you know, to like me. you know, what? after it happens a couple of times, it's like it, it okay, hurts your like, self esteem. What is wrong with me? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, for what sure. don't I have that you? You know, did I say something wrong? Did I like not eat properly? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, and eventually, I'm like, actually, there's nothing wrong with me. Because if you think about it, like I went out on a ton of dates with guys too, where I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you, but I just 
don't see anything happening here. I just didn't feel it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm allowed to feel that, so why mm. don't I give other people the same, mm. like, opportunity to feel that well, way? That's so mature. I feel what? like a lot of women are very, like, I'm a woman. How dare you not be attracted to me? Yeah. Right? But yeah. I think, like, that sort of... That's um, a terrible mentality to have. Yeah, yeah. and, like... <laughs> But for me, it, like, set off a light bulb in my mind of, like, there's actually nothing wrong with me. Like, he's allowed to not want to be with me, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that there's something missing. Right. Um, You're just just, not compatible. Exactly. Like, for whatever reason, he just doesn't feel it, and that's totally his prerogative. Mm -hmm. If I'm allowed to have the same prerogative with the guys that I meet that I'm not into. So that was, like, a real, like, turning point for me to realize that, like, as long as I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm okay with you, then... I just haven't ra- met the right person. Ugh, I love and it. So, yeah, and I Your like, parents raised you, I feel like, in a very white way for you to <laughs> develop that sense of, like, well, security. Yeah, it's, it's like I said before, my parents are extremely liberal and they have done an amazing job. Seriously. At really bridging that East and Western culture element. Oh my God, I love it. Your yeah. parents have broken all the Vietnamese refugee stereotypes. Honestly, Seriously. like, they yeah. are amazing. Like, if you were to get either of them on this podcast right now, they both speak amazing English I'm down you know I'm gonna interview like, Vietnamese uh, <laughs> yeah, refugee they're doctor they're legit. in Australia yeah. um, my sister's writing a book actually about their lives so I'm I, really I was just gonna ask yeah please it. I'm I want to read that so bad yeah I like I'm so desperate for her to, to, to do it um, because their lives are truly amazing Vietnamese refugees go through so much yeah. and I feel like the story isn't out there as much as it should be mm-hmm. yeah and it's just like everyone's story is a bit different exactly too, right exactly. Um, and I like I acknowledge that throughout my entire life, I will never experience the hardship. Never. Like, even yeah, an, yeah. an ounce of the hardship Not that even, they've yeah. had to go through. Yeah. Um, so it's like, there's so much in my life that I have to be grateful for, <sighs> you know, and, and I owe so much to my mum and dad. So I think, I mean, the older you get, the more you recognize stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. And the whole like self-love thing. Yeah, you know, it's not a typically Asian no, mentality. It's not at all. Yeah. It's it's You're a lot of, of self-hate and a lot of um what is it? Recycling that self-hate onto your children and using it as motivation exactly, to be better. Exactly. Yeah, and it's actually quite unhealthy. It's like <laughs> it's very it's, it's one of those things where you have to be humble. You can't, yes, you yes. know, like don't push for anything. Don't ask for too much because mm-hmm. you know, like you just have to work really hard and people will recognize it and mm-hmm. I think what's really funny is I've grown up working in corporate environments for other people where my parents work for themselves and so Mm. they're always giving me advice based on obviously their cultural background as well as their personal work backgrounds which is actually not all that relevant to what I'm experiencing now um and asking for what you want is actually not because you're arrogant or you're undeserving. You're, it's you're, because you're, you recognize yep. that you deserve it and it's okay for you to call that out. It's okay to communicate. Yeah. Right? Because exactly. I feel like in Asian culture, it's not okay to communicate, especially not with your elders or your superiors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, no, never ask your boss for a raise. Exactly. That's insane. Like, he'll give you one if you deserve it. I'm exactly. Like, no. That's not how it works. And I feel like that's a very, like, woman thing, too. Exactly. It's like, because men, they're always like, oh, men make more money, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into, like, feminism. But, like, it's because men also ask for raises and 100%. women just like wait and like, okay, if I do a good enough job, he'll give me, it's like, no, no, no. You as women, we have to ask for raises too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And especially as an Asian woman, it's kind oh of Oh my like, God. It's like almost... It's like, just like chill, <laughs> stay in your like box or whatever. Right, right. And um, yeah, so it took me a long time to like come around to the fact that like, I know that I'm great and it's okay for me oh, to say that, love right? It. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, you know, that was a very long-winded answer, but essentially the dating thing, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to meet someone in real life. And it just didn't happen because Vancouver sucks. Um, and so okay, I was I'm like, glad you I... said that because everyone, everyone, whenever I ask them about their opinion on online dating, because I'm going to do an episode on that soon, um, they're just like, no, I just, I just want to meet someone in real life. I'm like, yeah, everyone does, yeah. right? The reason online dating apps exist is because we, we can't, we just don't have time. Yeah. Like, I just can't sit at a bar and just wait for like some and guy. No one, right? literally, no guy will come and talk to you in the bar <laughs> unless he wants something else. Unless he's like a 60 year old white guy you that's know, like, hey, you speak. <laughs> exactly like you're yellow i'm into it like, right let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah um so i was like oh i'm not meeting anyone in real life and um and <laughs> wait, so wait, I, how long did you did you have that mindset i'm gonna meet someone in real life and then you were like maybe, this is not like, gonna happen like eight ish eight to nine months that's a long time that's a long time you were right? committed i was like come on like my friends i was like introduce me to your friend it was just not happening Dang. and it was the summertime and i was like it's summer i, I know be out i want to like hang like, yeah, yeah be on dates dating. yeah like, perfect dating season so i was like fine i'm gonna activate one app and i activated <laughs> bumble okay and i was really like if this if i can give dating advice to anybody i was super brutal with like my expectations on I it. Love so it. I love as it. a girl we, mm-hmm. t- we tend to make excuses on behalf of boys we have, a lot yeah um have. and so it's like oh he's not writing back to me because he's like busy he has like childhood trauma that he's like not getting over no. yet well, so it's like <laughs> a if i can't see your face in any of your photos like not clearly swipe left <laughs> if like you know you haven't written anything in your profile swipe left <laughs> yeah if we message and you don't ask me out within a couple of days of chatting swipe left like <laughs> let's not waste time right. talking to each other on our phones like right. let's just have a beer within 15 minutes we'll know if we want to see each other exactly again. you know exactly because I used to spend months talking to a guy before you met him yeah and oh. like building up this image of who he was in my mind this, this avatar of him yes yeah. and then I would meet him I'm like Ugh, like your voice is like an octave <laughs> higher than what I thought it was it's higher than my I voice I hate the way you chew like <laughs> You know, it's like all these things. And mm-hmm. so I was like very, yeah, strict with myself as to like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not, I'm not putting up with your bullshit yep. if yep. you're not like in this, right? Mm-hmm. So long story short, uh, my current fiance is, um, is like the first guy that I met. He like pretty much asked me out within 10 minutes of talking to each other. We Love like it. met... And you were down to meet, like, that didn't turn you off when he was like, No, I was like, it was funnily enough, he was like, let's go for a beer. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm going like away for a wedding this weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, what about next week? We made a date for a whole week after that. And historically with boys, they don't even know what's happening. Like 10 minutes from now, in a week. So in my mind, again, I'd been trained, my Vancouver brain. I was like, he's going to flake. He's He's not going to remember who I am. He's going to call me Amanda. He's going to forget. We won't even meet each other. Like whatever. Um, That morning, again, I still had it in my calendar, just in case. You're so organized. Yeah, like, I was just like, I probably won't hear from him, like, whatever. That morning, he was like, hey, you still still up to meet tonight? And we had not spoken for that full Full week week. between. I love it. So I was like, you've got brownie points already. Yeah. I was freaking out 
heading to the date because I was like, normally I'd speak to a guy for a long time. So I was like, I don't know anything about him. Oh, like, yeah. You know, but it actually made it better because it was a real first date where we were actually getting to know each other. Exactly. And so we met at the Stormcrow on Broadway. And I was oh, like, that's the worst case scenario, the board games place. Yeah, the board games place. I was like, place. worst case scenario, we have a beer, we play a board game, and then we leave. <laughs> You know, like the best. Exit if he's strategy. really boring, exactly, then right? Scrabble like will fix him, it. He's a yeah. weirdo, whatever. <laughs> we ended up like spending, I think, like four and a half hours together. Aww. We didn't even look at the games. Like, anyway, so we I just got it. engaged in November. Congratulations! Thank Thank you. I love that. And we're getting married in the summer, so it's very exciting. Nice. <laughs> travel I use the apps a lot but that's just because I want to meet people and yeah. like get like a local to give me a tour of their food nice. and stuff like that but when when I was in yeah like Vietnam Malaysia Korea or whatever I would just go on the apps and immediately I'm like I'm new here I just I want to go eat blah blah and it was so easy to meet people and you actually when you actually meet them like people are so much more attractive in real life too yeah. right and you get a picture of the whole person exactly yeah. right so people are so much more fun and more attractive in real life and I think it's also I'm such a bad texter like I hate texting <laughs> so much our online dating apps are like a lot easier for people that are really good at texting mm -hmm. but then I have a friend who the reverse happened to her so she's very introverted um, so she loves like texting and stuff like that so yeah. she would text guys this was when I was back in Korea she would text guys for like three weeks or something and then she'd be like oh we're finally gonna meet and she's a really good texter mm -hmm. but she's a little bit like socially awkward in real life and she would never get a second date after they met in real life because she's so funny through text yeah right, right? and they would be like oh she, they, in their heads they build her up as this like girl mm -hmm. and when they meet her she freezes so it's kind of weird so that's why actually i think people should just meet in real life when exactly. they have the apps exactly. and just like so they, they didn't waste those three weeks building exactly. this expectation and yes. picture of her because yeah. like you can sit on a text and think about what oh you would say for right. days for days yeah but i think it's like if you are actually wanting a relationship with a real life person yeah then you need to see what that banter and that chemistry and that energy exactly. is like between the, the two spark. Of you. Yeah. yeah and it's like honestly you'll know that within the first mm -hmm. like 20 minutes of a yeah, date exactly so don't waste your time by like you know creating this image of yourself and then also creating an image in your mind of what you think this person actually looks sounds like blah mm -hmm. blah blah it's like get it over and done with just meet them and you'll figure it out also you mentioned the word spark and what i will <laughs> say is like yes you have there has to be a degree of attraction yep but i think like the whole like fireworks you know yeah like, rip each other's clothes <laughs> off like all that kind of stuff that's great it's not sustainable so if you want a relationship yes. like slow burn is what i slow recommend burn. right yeah yeah that's yeah, true because i've gone like you know like spark. one to a million and then and like then that's just like head head first down just Crash. You gotta fall just as fast. So. Th that's that's happened to me, and because like I when I had like when I met a guy with that crazy spark, I was like, oh, this is the person I'm gonna marry. Oh my god, I found my soulmate. I'm so lucky. Yeah. This is amazing. And then it just ended like super quick, right, <laughs> right after. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. See, the I think the problem with the spark is that um, when you're so high, you can't get any higher. You can only go down, mm -hmm. right? But if you start at like a kind of lower place it, it, yeah. there's only really up to go exactly yeah so and it's like you have to remember that you don't really know this person so, that's true like those first few dates mm -hmm. don't put so much pressure to be like 
oh my god like you are like the most amazing person I've ever met like that's that's impossible to ascertain how did I meet you yeah it's just like you are like the ultimate it's like you have to get to know somebody yeah so yeah yeah, I think like pop culture like media and totally app thing has maybe like clouded our judgment a little bit and Mm. our expectations about what's physically realistic exactly or just just what's real in general like I think a lot of people just kind of live in in fantasy land Mm -hmm. right and then when real life hits them they get like really angry or frustrated it's just like no 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 the world has always been like this Mm -hmm. you've just painted this picture Mm -hmm. and you probably know so well because you work in media and I want to talk about like Asians in media and Asian representation in media Mm -hmm. so do you guys have a lot of um like Asians represented in media in Australia because I know in Canada we we just got like Kim's Convenience oh which my God, I, I love, love I love that show it's so, so much yeah. it's so good yeah I mean it's really cool to see more Asian representation in general yes. in TV and movies yeah. right so like you had Crazy Rich Asians mm-hmm. like Aquafina just won I love the her for... did you watch the farewell I didn't okay no. it's it's pretty good I really like it yeah, yeah. I really want to see it but. Um, I think in terms of Australia specifically, again, because there are pockets of quite large Asian communities, Mm -hmm. a lot of the local politicians are of Asian descent. Oh, are they? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but I think like still, and I mentioned this before, but Australia is still like a little bit behind in terms, it's funny, like the whole multicultural thing, which is great, but um, they are still a little bit behind in in full diversity and inclusion in the media so i think like reporters and like tv anchors and stuff Mm -hmm. are still pretty much all white um we have a lot of asian reporters in vancouver yeah Yeah, we have a lot in north america i feel like asian representation in the news and stuff that's um is a lot higher okay that makes me that makes me feel a little better because asian americans and canadians we always complain we're like there's not enough of us in tv but (laughs) i guess from the Asian Australian perspective, yeah. we're doing pretty well. Yeah, were people really shocked when you opened your mouth and you yeah. spoke? Because you're a- you're an Asian woman in Vancouver, which is normal. Yeah, like everywhere, we're we're everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but as soon as you open your mouth, they're like, it, it's not like the American accent, but it's also not a fob accent. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So they're like, what? Yeah, uh, yeah, I get that all the time. Of people like, oh my god, you sound different like you look different and then you sound different my brain is very confused you were. exactly uh i also get that a lot when people talk to me on the phone because they oh. they hear that i'm an aussie but then yeah they, and my name is very like western yeah and then they meet me and it's like Bleh. like that is not what we thought you would look like um so yes i get that a lot. i wanted to ask if you have visited vietnam mm-hmm. i have not so i'm in my my mid-30s now and I've never you, been to you Vietnam. look you look 21 oh, thank you <laughs> um no I've actually never been to Vietnam and the reason for that is um my parents my dad was part of the South Vietnamese army no way yeah. during yeah, wow he was a medic um during the Vietnam war and so when the war ended that was a, a big moment for him right because Mm -hmm. really from his perspective like the war ended because the americans pulled out and then the south had no chance after that right um and so he felt very strongly about that afterwards and and obviously going through education camps and trying to escape and and all of the the usual things um i think when he and my mum got to australia he 
was very clear that he would fight for democracy and he's been doing that for the last in Australia yeah fight for democracy in Vietnam or yeah democracy for Vietnam and to really so I mean I mentioned before that um, he was part of the executive committee for the Vietnamese Australian community Mm -hmm. he was the president of the Australian chapter for quite a few years wow Um, so a lot of the work that he's done in the past however many decades is educating politicians and um, people outside of the community on on the injustices that are happening still inside of Vietnam under the communist regime. regime yeah and so from his perspective he's like yes I'm well off now yes I'm doing really well but the people or the the government who kicked me out of my home or forced me to leave my home are still there and I don't want to go and support them and also if I'm going to be perfectly frank because of all the work that he's done we're quite positive his name is on some sort of blacklist somewhere oh okay yeah so um for me it's it's so neither of my parents have been back since the war um and I've done a lot of work through the Vietnamese Students Association with fundraising efforts and awareness efforts and things like that. I've had friends who were on those committees with me get questioned when they arrived in Vietnam. They've been interrogated. They've really? Been, yeah, they've been like locked in their hotel rooms. So it's it's a real That's scary. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's super scary. Um, they've been intimidated, and it's it's so it's just mm-hmm. like. The biggest reason, first and foremost, is I want to support my parents in yeah. in what solidarity, yeah, yeah, and like in what they believe. Like mm-hmm. I had lots of opportunities to go in high school, even like there were exchange programs, and then a lot of friends have been, and um, so many of our relatives and stuff have gone back too, right? So, but my parents really believe that, and I want to support them. And and honestly, to me, I was born in Australia, so it's not like I'm I'm missing anything, right? in terms of like it's another place to see and I would love to see where my parents grew up and, mm. and what that was like for them but um, I experienced Vietnamese culture, food everything else like that without having to go to Vietnam and I right. know it's super beautiful and I'd love to see it but mm-hmm. I really support my my mum and dad in, in what they believe and um, in that effort of like wow, we want, we want to come back to a free and democratic Vietnam dang that's really deep mm-hmm. yeah because I, I i don't hear that side a lot a lot of people are like oh i don't go to vietnam because it's dirty and it's stinky and i don't like it or like i've been back a lot but you don't hear the the political side because because we don't talk about vietnamese politics a lot yeah it's not yeah. a fun topic and it's, people it's like, really not <laughs> like like to you know always avoid politics and religion because it gets a bit awkward right? it, yeah how do you feel about like in australia do you guys talk about politics or religion because i know in canada we really hate bringing that up yeah it's not something that comes up a lot okay um again because it's almost like a taboo thing yeah totally like you know trigger people's sensitivities but i think um it is really different like vietnam has done an amazing job at sort of building this economy after the war and well after the americans lifted the sanctions though right. right yeah and so but like now you know they're part of all these trade agreements mm-hmm. their tourism is booming oh, it's crazy um, huge there. and they they still i mean it makes me sound a bit like a fanatic but um like they still have propaganda that they send out into the world. Oh yeah, for albeit sure. Subtle. I mean, look at the flag. <laughs> look well, at the flag. Exactly. Like yeah. and um you know they have 
um, singers and and all these like touring shows that they send to America, mm. Australia, etc. Mm-hmm. Of like, look how beautiful Vietnam is, and we're celebrating the culture. But mm-hmm. I think what we don't talk about a lot is is religious oppression and like political yep. oppression, and so much still happens there that mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, uh, an invasion on human rights, and yeah. like so many, so much of the population is still lives under the poverty line. It's just like the realities of of what the nation is going through kind of gets glazed over a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think um, from my parents' perspective, it's like we can't forget that we can't let people forget that there are so many of our fellow countrymen and women who are suffering and. Um, yeah, you know, if we get to enjoy the, the the beauties of democracy, then that's something that we want to be sharing with with our homeland. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping one day I can go back and, and experience <laughs> it. But for now, yeah, it's just not somewhere in the world that I've ticked off yet. But I've been all around Southeast Asia, nice, um, nice, which is amazing, and and it's and it's great. But yeah, I think wow. it's like where I want to reserve to go with my mum and dad. Hopefully, not in an urn or anything. But oh my god, you know who knows? <laughs> and they're fully prepared too. Like mentally, they're fully prepared to be like, it may not happen in our lifetime, but wow, yeah, yeah I don't know if it will happen in their lifetime. Yeah. Like Vietnam is still very, it's very well. It's funny. Like when I was there, I met a, uh, I think he was from Russia or something, Russian okay. guy, and. People are always like, yeah, Vietnam's a communist a country. Vietnam's a communist country. But he's Russian, and he's like, this is not a communist country. He's like, this is super American, super capitalist, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what, a, I guess, a real communist country is in, in mm-hmm. his view. But, but yeah, I, I would love if you would have a, a chance to go because it's quite – I remember when I went to visit – after like because I went as a kid and then I went as an adult when I went as an adult it was like so beautiful I don't know mm-hmm. but because I just thought it was I was like my my dad and my mom walked on this beach when they were kids yeah. and and things like that and they ate at this one restaurant so for me it, it felt like I I it gave me a lot more I guess sympathy and for or empathy even for like myself right because I grew up very self-hating too right and especially growing growing up with like a lot of Chinese kids and I wasn't Chinese mm-hmm. and you know within Asia we have the hierarchies of like who is the better Asian and oh, all yeah. of that and mm-hmm. people shit on Vietnamese people all the time but just real quick like I the, the funny thing is we v- Vietnamese people always get kicked out of like East Asia because mm. like East Asia is like China Korea Japan and like we're Southeast Asian um and I, it's because we're geographically located in Southeast Asia. But if you look at Vietnamese culture, no culture is more similar to Chinese culture than Vietnamese right. culture, right? And I feel like not a lot of people talk about that. Everyone's like, yeah, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand. And I was like, Vietnamese culture is like nothing like <laughs> Cambodian or Thai culture. Right. And again, look at the Chinese flag and look at the Vietnamese flag. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I have to say, right? Mm-hmm. So we we, sh- we carry a lot of the same, yeah. like, culture and traditions and stuff like that. So I would try to, like, relate to my Chinese friends and be like, oh, yeah, we totally do Lunar New Year's the exact same way. Right. Like, the way we hold our weddings are the exact same way the Chinese people hold their weddings, right? So I felt like I always had to prove myself to, like, my Chinese friends. It's like, hey, I'm, like, kind of Chinese, you know? Like, I, we're, like, pretty similar. Yeah. But I guess now that I'm older and when I actually went to Vietnam, I'm like, oh, I, I don't have to 
try to be totally other yeah. other cultures yeah yeah we are our own identity we we are we are our own and and it's changing and it's evolving mm-hmm. you know constantly yeah Sabelle thank you so much for sharing everything of course it was my pleasure this thank was you for having me this was amazing yeah yeah thank you for for giving the world a gift to hear your beautiful Australian <laughs> accent no problem. so great everyone everyone loves the Australian accent thank you yeah sounds like it okay Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye! Ask the poutine. Ask the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. Ask the poutine.